0: Going on a trip, you have to take some things, and you can't take everything, right? I mean, that would be crazy, right? Could you guys like like load the car with all kinds of fun stuff and try to head to Ghana? (laughs) Twenty foot container, okay. All right, you tried to take everything. You're going there for a long time, right? You're going there to stay. It's good, but 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 as as Christians on this earth, this isn't our home, right? So so like we want to travel light into the new year, right? Travel light. We're going into 2019, we're going on this journey. If you go on a vacation, you know how it is, you can only take certain things. You can't, like, take six suitcases. You know, they they charge you a lot of money at the airport for that kind of stuff, right? So you got to lighten the load, right? you got to just focus on things that are critical, important, most important, right? And so that's what we're talking about. And as we move into this, like, 2019 year, there's some critical things that we've got to take with us. Can't take everything. Remember the plane crash, plane crash, it's about to blow up, you can only grab a couple things out of that thing, and you better grab things that are going to matter, because you've got to survive with those things. And those are the kind of things we're talking about as we go into this new year, right? We've got to pack some things with us for the journey, knowing that this journey is just, uh, we're on a mission trip here, right? We're all missionaries on the planet, so we're going to travel light, we're going to take things that only matter. And we're going to walk with the Lord. Amen? Right? That's what we want to do. Right? Just kind of simplify a little bit. And last time we got met together, because last week we had the week off. We had a little ice break, snow break. Uh, but two weeks ago when we met, we said, the one thing that we're going to pack in that bag as we travel into this new year is, is a, a heart cry of prayer. That prayer is one of the most important things we can take with us into the new year. Right? I mean, we can leave a lot of other things behind we don't really need. You know, we can sift some things out, but but we don't want to leave behind prayer, right? We don't want to leave that somewhere in the the past. We want to keep it with us as we go forward, this heart cry to God constantly. Like, God, I need you. Every hour, I need you, right? Like we just said, I need you, because we do, right? I mean, we are truly desperate for God more than we'll ever know. And as we walk on this earth in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of all the confusion and all the stuff that goes on on this planet, like every day it seems we wake up and we see on the news or we read about or we hear somewhere, it just gets worse. And all the more we need prayer, right? We need to just cry out to God and ask him to guide us and help us see through the darkness, right? Right? Uh, there's not a lot of time to mess around with other things. It's, it's critical that we take things that matter the most. And today, what we want to take with us into 2019 is the living word of God. Okay? How important that is, right? That we, that as we go forward on this journey, as we like start this new year, and we're only a couple weeks into it, right? Got got a bunch of weeks in front of us. Lord willing, he gives us those weeks to live on this planet. We're going on this journey, we're a couple weeks in on the journey, and we don't want to leave behind the Word of God, right? The Bible, right? 39 Old Testament letters, love letters to you, 27 New Testament, 66 love letters from God to us because He loves us, right? The Scriptures, the Holy Book, the inspired Word of God, Right? right? That's that's what we must bring with us. It's like God's breathed message from heaven to you and to me. Why We we would never want to go forward without that. We would be fools. We would be foolish to go one more step in this new year without the word of God and without prayer. So here's our plan today. Just real brief two things we're going to do. We're going to talk about what the Word of God is, and we're going to talk about what the Word of God is for. Okay, that's all we're going to do today. And, we're going to, and these are huge topics, right? These are big. They're, they're, they're big when you think about what is the Word of God. I mean, that's huge. Books, books libraries are filled with, with uh, books on this topic, what is the Word of God. And what is the Word of God for? That, that's equally as big. And so these are huge. We're just going to touch on these, but I hope, I hope I'll get you thinking enough that maybe you'll want to dig more into what these, these truths are all about. As you go forward into this year, you'll dig a little deeper. But number one, what the Word of God is. This question is asked to a lot of people, right? You can go out on the streets and ask people what they think the Word of God is, right? And you would get all kinds of answers. They did that, and here's what some of the answers were. People say things like this when asked. What is the Bible all about? They say stuff like this. I'm not religious. That's their answer. I'm not religious. I'm agnostic. I'm an atheist. I don't have any interest in it. My parents are pagan. I've heard the stories, but they're fables, right? Here's what people say about the the Word of God. It's the number one read book, one person said, but I don't read it. I don't believe in the whole Bible. It's a good base for our morals, some say. It's the word of God, someone else said. Parts of it have good historical value. It's one big book that can be interpreted however you want. That's what people think about the Bible. Some said something that you should follow, and one person said it's a great story, but no real scientific fact. When it comes to the Word of God, people in the world have all kinds of ideas about what it is. What it is. Let me share with you a couple things about what the the Scripture is, what the Word of God is. When we dig into God's Word, and we're going to look at some Scriptures today, here's what we find out about what the Word of God is. Number one, the Scripture is Jesus. Amen? The Scripture is Jesus. And if you would, turn with me to to John. John chapter 1, probably the greatest passage in the Scriptures about the Word of God and what the Word of God is to us. John chapter 1, John says it so well. I mean, he paints a picture for us as believers. And as we go into this new year we want, we want to understand exactly what it is we're taking with us when we grab the word of God and walk forward. Here's what John says in John chapter 1. He says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Amen to that. He he sorry about that. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just look at those words right there in in John's Gospel, chapter 1, these first four verses. John clearly paints a picture of what the Word of God is. And what the Word of God is is more than a book. The Word of God is Jesus, who became flesh and walked among us for a while. Do you see that? He, the Word of God, He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. Through Him, the Word of God, Jesus, all things were made that were made. And in Him, Jesus, the Word of God, was life, and that life was the light of all people. And so when we think about taking the Word of God with us, what we're taking with us is Jesus. We're bringing with us the very Word of God in the flesh. In verse 14, we read the passage, John, John is inserted in here about John the Baptist who came as a forerunner for the light and spoke of the light. how how Jesus was that light, but in verse 14, the scripture says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And so very clearly, John says to us, when you're talking about the word of God, you're talking about Jesus. That's huge. Right. That's huge. Because when we come here, you know, and when we live on this earth, we, we're not we're not worshiping a book. We're worshiping a person. You know, we, we it came up in our Sunday school, our small group this morning, religion. This is not about religion. If this is about religion, I'm out of here. Because okay, we're not into following a bunch of rules. This is about a personal relationship with the God of all creation who made us and came to dwell among us. This isn't about a, a set of religious guidelines that we're trying to follow so God will put a stamp on us and say, you did most of them, you're good to go. That is not what this is about. This is about a living relationship with the one who made us and loves us and came as light for us. And so when we're talking about bringing the Word of God with us, we're talking about bringing Jesus, the living Word of God, with us. That's huge. That's huge. That changes everything. Secondly, the Scripture is revealed and written. First, it's Jesus, and secondly, it's revealed and it's written. And there's a passage in Peter, 2 Peter, if you'll flip over there with me, 2 Peter chapter 1 that I want to look at with you about the Word of God and what it is. We know that the Word is flesh, right, and came and dwelled among us. It's Jesus. But secondly, the Word of God is the revealed and written Word of God. Okay? So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Look what Peter writes. Beginning in verse 12. Peter. I love what Peter says here in this section. He says in verse 12, so I always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I love that from Peter because what he's saying to us is this. This is, this is what preaching is. This is why we come together. Sometimes to learn something that we haven't heard before, but most of the time to be reminded of what we know and what we believe to be true and to be like reminded of those truths and reinforced in those truths so that we can, we can keep those on the forefront of our mind, the things that are most important. Not everything needs to be on the forefront of our mind, but, but some things do. And what the Word of God is and who the Word of God is as we take it with us into this new year is critical that we keep it right here. And, and, and that's what Peter says. I want to remind you of these things even though you already know them. That's, that's, that's cool, right? I mean, that's like Peter saying, hey guys, this is, this is why we're here. We're here to remind each other, to encourage one another, to be reminded of the things that are so important because we forget. We get carried away. The world lures us in different directions and we need to come back to what's most important. We come down to um, verse 20 in this section. That's such a great section, too, and you really need to look at that because it's amazing that Peter is preaching, that Peter says, I am an eyewitness of the things that Jesus did, and I, I wrote these things down so that you would know for sure that you can trust these things, these truths that I'm, te- that I'm saying to you. And it, but in verse 20, he says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture... We're talking about the Word of God, the, the revealed written Word of God. No prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origins in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by His Holy Spirit. That's what the Word of God is. The Word of God is the revealed written Word from God through His prophets to you and me. Recorded on, on, on paper for us. Recorded in, on, on, on scrolls and passed down and preserved for you and for me so that we would understand the heart and the mind of God. How important is that that we, that we like these guys, take that to other places in the world that haven't heard that, that don't, don't have this In their language that people that you live with that are just confused or live around or work with that are just confused because they've heard so many different things about the church and about Christianity and about God that they are so confused they are literally in the dark spiritually and and the word of God that came to us from God is the written word that we can help people open their eyes to what the truth is and so the scripture is Jesus, and the scripture is uh, the revealed and written word of God. And, and third thing about the scripture is this, is that it is the breath of God. It's the very breath of God. When God said, let there be light, right? he spoke it into existence. When God created man and he breathed in him, into his nostrils, the breath of life, that's the the life-giving breath of God. And that's what the scripture is. It's God breathed through people in Jesus, and it's the breath of God in the written and revealed word of God, and it's the breath of God. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is what? God breathed. Right. So the scripture, when we're talking about bringing the word of God with us into this year, we're talking about bringing something that came from heaven that was breathed by God to us in the form of Jesus and the revealed and written word of God. And there's no way we should go forward one more minute without it, right? I mean, that's how critical the word of God is to us, to you and to me. This is our our source of life with God as the Holy Spirit spoke through these men and breathed through them the the living word of God. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, he said to the devil those words, man does not live by bread alone, but what? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, in that instance, Jesus was, was taking the word of God and applying it to a specific temptation, just like God does through us. The Word of God comes to life in us as we live it out in this world, as we rely on what God said, not on how I feel, not on what the world says, not on what my gut might say, but on what God has spoken as He speaks to us as we live out each day, as he speaks to us through Jesus and the message of the gospel, and as he speaks to us through the revealed and written word of God. It is God-breathed, all of it. And we can rely on it. The prophets revealed where their message came from, right? We read back in the Old Testament of the prophets, Jeremiah said it like this, the word of the Lord came to me saying, where did it come from? The word of the Lord. That's where he got his message from. Jeremiah and the other prophets, they, they say over and over again, the word of the Lord came to me. That's, a, that's huge because it, was, it comes from God. It originates in God. In Revelations 19, 13, the scripture says, he is clothed with an outer garment stained with blood. And he, Jesus, is called by the name, the word of God. What is the word of God? The word of God is Jesus. The Word of God is the written and revealed Word of God. It's the breath of God. So that's what the Word of God is to you and me. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. It's eternal. It's the eternal Word of God. And this is a must-bring as we move into the new year. It's a must-bring. Don't leave home without the Word of God, right, in our lives. Secondly, the Word, what the Word of God is for. Wow, how amazing is this? The Word of God is, is so, it's so big, it's so vast, it's so full of truth and treasures in amazing ways, right? We're talking about like the eternal value of God's Word to us. We know what the Word of God is, but what does it mean to me and you? Like how does it apply to us? That's what we're going to talk about here for a minute is what the Word of God is for. It's personal application to you and to me. Because if it doesn't apply to us, then what's the point? But if it does, then it is the point. It's the whole point, right? And how important that is. Jesus tells a parable about a guy who found a treasure, right, in this field. He's playing around in this field. He finds this awesome treasure, right? And he doesn't own the property, so the treasure is not his. So what does he do? He goes and he sells everything he has. And he takes the money and he buys the field. Does he buy the field for the field? No, he buys the field because of the treasure that he found in that field. It was that good, you know? It was that awesome of a treasure that he sold everything he had to have that treasure. Have you ever been on a treasure hunt? Anyone ever been on a treasure hunt? Yes? Yes? Barbara has Been on treasure hunts? They're fun, right? They are fun. They're cool. Maybe you've, um, you know, if you're on the internet, you do lots of searches, right? Search for stuff on the internet. Be careful what you search for on the internet. A lot of weird stuff on the internet, for sure. But like, um, maybe you've got a metal detector at some point. Anybody ever own a metal detector? Walk around the beach? Armor? Good. Yes, watches, coins, bottle caps. (laughs) That's what most people find. But once in a while, you find something good, you know? Maybe you went uh, searching for gold. Anybody go gold searching ever? Up in them here little mountains? Gem mines. Gem mines okay, uh, Sam has. Gem mines. Yeah, you go up in, uh, up to Boone and you yeah. sift out cool gems. That's kind of fun. That's like a treasure hunt. I mean, that's kind of exciting, isn't it? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. Uh, when, when we lived in New Bern, there is a, uh, there's a place in Aurora, Aurora, North Carolina, where they uh, mine... Phosphate. Everybody know what phosphate is? It's in our bodies, which is totally cool because like, they dig this stuff up from the ground, which is even more cool because we're made up of phosphate. Our bones are in our blood. It runs all through our system. Without phosphate, we die. And you know where they find this stuff? In the ground. You know when God created Adam? You know what he made him of? How amazing. How cool is that? How insanely cool is that? Like creation. Creation, we are a part of it. God made us out of it. And and so where they phosph- where they find this phosphate, they also dig up fossils, lots of fossils. Mainly like shark teeth. I brought my I brought a treasure box with me today. And I got some cool stuff in here. I want to show show you. So, first of all, like when we lived in New Bern and we found out that in Aurora they 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 mine this phosphate, we also found out that they they also there's also shark teeth. There's little shark teeth, like like shark teeth, like those, in 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 the in the stuff that they dig up, fossils, all kinds of weird stuff. But shark teeth, and shark teeth are like cool. They're like fighter jets to me, right? Fighter jets in the sky, sharks in the water. Doesn't get any cooler than that, right? I mean, that's just amazing. It's awesome. Sharks. So, but these are little bitty teeth. And if you go to Aurora, in fact, we had a, a camp out here with the little guys, the boys, and I brought in a bucket full of uh, this, this rock that had shark teeth in it. And they all went home with bags of shark teeth. It's cool. And when, I, when we lived in New Bern, I had a truckload of this stuff delivered to my house. <laughs> it was that cool. And my kids, uh, Natalie and, and Kaylee were still at home. We like sifted through this. Stuff. They, they, they left home with like a jar full of shark teeth. I mean, that is like, like cool. Who has that? Like, nobody has that. And so if you go to Aurora, Col- Aurora not Colorado, if you go to Aurora, uh, North Carolina, if you ever want to go there, we'll go look for shark teeth. I'll be glad to take it. It's amazing. <laughs> Seriously, it's a lot of fun. But but this is, this is a shark tooth. Look at this thing. Look at that shark tooth. This is, from, this is from an extinct great white. This is the kind of stuff you would find looking for shark teeth. Now, I didn't find this. I, I got this at the museum there. <laughs> But, but if you were able to go into the, into the mine where they actually do the mining, you would find shark teeth this size. Like, that's, that's a treasure. Like, this is so cool. Like, this is amazing. To me, I mean, maybe not to you, but it is to me. Cool shark teeth. But treasuring, I mean, treasure hunts are so awesome because you find cool stuff. And like, it, you know, I went to, um, there's some pictures that I want to show you real quick. Uh, in, in Texas, the Paluxy River, there's a park there. It's a dinosaur park. Where there are actual dinosaur prints that they have discovered in the in the riverbed, and I got to go there with uh, Wilbur Fields. Anybody know who Wilbur Fields is? He was a professor at Ozark Christian College, wrote several of the College Press books. He was a, a, a teacher there, and I went with him on this dig because we were going there to not just look at these shark, uh, look at these um, dinosaur prints. Go ahead and turn, uh, flip, flip a d- look at that little kid is is sitting in a dinosaur track that's in bedrock. We didn't do that. Like, that was done by a dinosaur. That blows your mind, doesn't it? Like, dinosaurs were in Texas and all over the earth. Here, check out the next picture. Look at this one. There's a kid swimming in the Paluxy River. Look at their shark... T- there's um, dinosaur prints right there in, by her hand. And they're all over this bed. Go ahead to the next picture. And there's, like, trails of these dinosaur like running down the riverbed and then the reason that these are preserved the way they were is because what they stepped in was was hard clay and and whatever happened next filled it with with looser stuff and preserved those tracks and then later they all washed away and these things were revealed well the explanation is simple it was the flood how insane is that, right? Like, that is crazy. And check out this next one. This is what we went there. We went there looking for is if you can find Bigfoot. a Bigfoot. Yeah. If you could find like a human footprint in the same layer of rock as a dinosaur, you blow all of evolutionary teachings away because they need billions of years. They say dinosaurs were billions of years before man ever came here. But if you can find a human footprint in the same layer of bedrock as a dinosaur, you got something going on. Check out the next picture. So there's a human footprint in the same layer as the dinosaur prints. How'd that get there? See, the evolution area guys don't want you to know this. One more picture. Go to the next one. So there it is. There's a dinosaur print. There's a human footprint in the same layer of rock. This is, this is rock. This is set. This isn't like, you know, flaky or somebody did it out of clay. At some point, it must have been covered up, and they, they put a pole in the ground before they discovered this. But I went with Wilbur Fields to this place, and if you ever go, you need to go because it's one of those creation places that you just learn cool things. It's like a treasure it's a treasure hunt, it's a treasure, it's cool. And if you go there, you'll see this stuff and you'll see all these tracks, but one more picture. So I got to go and look around while I was there and, and I discovered something, go to the next picture. In the layer, I got two of these things, they're really cool. I mean, these are treasures to me, this is cool. Somebody tell me what this is. Jason, what is this? Clam. It's a clam, it's a petrified clam. That's what it is. It's it's a rock. It's a clam. I got two of them. I found them just sticking in the bank. Like I was looking at them going, that thing looks weird. And I dug it out, and sure enough, two of these. And they find these things all around there. Well, there's only one reason these things happen, because clams, anything, deteriorates. It falls apart and it rots, unless it was preserved by something that happened fast and locked it in the ground so it wouldn't decay. Only one good explanation for that. Anyhow. This is all about treasures. Treasures because the word of God is like full of treasures. You know, we see treasures on the earth and we go after cool things and we think they're awesome and it's all going to fall apart and rot one day. But, but the idea of a treasure is so cool, it's so neat. And every one of the treasures that we find in God's word is like super important to us. It's critical to our lives. And you'll never, you'll never discover them all. Right? You could could be around the Word of God, you know, for 50 years and still find cool treasures in the Word of God. There's so much more to find. There's so much more to, like, uncover and appreciate and apply. Treasures are awesome. And when you open the Word of God, that's what we find, right? Treasures. Treasures. And without the Word of God, we are lost. Without the Word of God, we're like a ship sailing without a rudder, without a compass, without the North Star. We're just out there going to and fro, letting the winds just take us wherever they wish. Without the word of God, we are without any hope. We are souls walking in the dark. But the good news is, we're not in the dark. The good news is, we do have a compass, and we do have a map. And God has given us his word and there's so many reasons why we need to dig into it and so many reasons why we need to bring it with us as we go and so many reasons why God went through such extensive work to produce the word of God and then to preserve the word of God so that you and I today could sit here and uncover these awesome treasures. How amazing is our God? Man, it's amazing. I want to give you some some uh, treasures that we find in the Word of God, real quick, as we kind of wrap this up. Reasons, some reasons why or what the Word of God is for. Why it's critical to our soul. Number one is because it equips us to do good. The Word of God equips you and me to do things that are godly and good. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that passage, we said that all scriptures is God-breathed. Well, it goes on to say, and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What's a good treasure that we get from the word of God when we go digging in it? It equips us. That's why we need to bring it with us. It equips us, it teaches us, it rebukes us, it corrects us, it trains us, it helps us. You know, like any good coach on any team will we'll direct his team, will direct his guys, will keep them focused. The Word of God is a great coach for us. We need that coach in our life. Because as we read it, we begin to realize where I'm wrong and where God is right and what I need to do to adjust. It equips us. Secondly, secondly, the Word of God is seed, seed. Seed for our soul, right? Seed, and it's looking for something. The seed of God is looking for good ground. Like this last Wednesday, we had our community uh, gathering on Wednesday Night Connection. Bruce taught, did a great job, but he talked about the farmer who went sowing seed, right? And it fell on different kinds of ground. But the only seed that produced anything was seed that fell on good soil, right? And so that's what the Word of God is. It's seed going out right now. Scattered among us. Some of our our hearts are receptive. Some of us are thinking about lunch or other things, right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm not I'm not picking on you. I do the same thing when I'm sitting. You know? It's easy to wander. We just sang about it, right? Prone to wander, right? We're so prone to wander. But the seed of God is looking for some soil that's saying, God, I need you. God, I love you. God, speak to my heart right now in the midst of this moment. God, speak to me. In the midst of our worship, God, speak to me. And the word of God is like seed looking for that. The eyes of your heart looking up, crying out to God. God, plant your seed here. And when when you do that, when you're in that posture, God can do great things in your life. It's seeds. Thirdly, the Word of God is like milk. Milk, right? Our nourishment, right? Our nourishment, right? Like newborn babies, Peter says, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, right? That's what the Word of God is. It's like like a baby needs milk from its mother. You and I need God's Word, and we need to crave it like like babies. Just saying, God, God, Nourish me with your the milk of your word and hopefully the meat of your word as I grow and mature. The word of God is also a foundation, right? A foundation to be built on. Matthew 7 says, Therefore, if anyone hears the words, these words of mine, Jesus says, and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house where? On a rock. Right? That's what the Word of God is. It's our foundation. You put the Word of God into your life, you bring it with you into this year, you feast on it, you cry out for it, and you are building your life on a solid foundation that when anything comes against it, you will recognize it, you can identify it, and you can stand firm on the Word. Without it, you're you're in trouble. Without the Word, you are like a builder building on the sand, and it will get washed away. The word of God reveals, number five, it reveals our thoughts and our attitudes, right? Hebrews 4 says, for the word of God, what? The word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. That's how powerful the word of God is. We need that in our lives. We need something that's going to cut through even our own self. Right? That's what we need. Because we're good at lying to ourselves, aren't we? We're good at deceiving ourselves and acting like things are great when they're not. Like, I'm okay, you're okay, everyone's okay, and we know we're not okay. And the Word of God is able to cut through that. That's what the Word of God does. That's what we find when we dig into the Word of God. We find a power that is able to dig and go deeper into you and into me. (laughs) And I need that and you need that. The Word of God, number six, is light. Psalm says the Word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. What's the word of God? It's a lamp. It's our light. We need that. I need that. You need that. As we go into this year, we need the light of God to guide our steps every step of the way as a church, as people, as, as missionaries in this world for God, as individuals in our own homes. We need the light of God in our life. Number seven, the word is to be obeyed. That's a, that's a treasure that we find. James says it like this don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but what? Do what it says. The word of God is to be followed, right? Obeyed, lived out by people who love God, right? If we got the word and we're not living it, what good is that? We're deceiving ourselves. That's what he just said. Don't just listen to the word and go away and say, oh, that was nice. Do what it says, right? That's why we need to dig. That's why we need to bring it with us in our own backpack. We need to have the word of God with us as we travel. Don't rely on someone else telling you what to do. Don't rely on me telling you what to do. We're all going to stand before God, right? And We all need to be responsible for that. Number eight is this, the word of God, it penetrates and it empowers. Psalms 119 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wow, so the word of God is able to penetrate deep into my heart and keep me it has the power to keep me from sinning against, against God because when it comes in, it brings the truth and it, becomes, it brings the power of, of God's breath and his Holy Spirit and enough power to stay away from the things in this world that we know we ought to stay away from of sin and rebellion against God. And the last thing is this, the word of God is our salvation. How cool is that? That's a treasure we find when we dig into the word of God. James says it like this, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. (laughs) I love that word, right? It's It's like implanted. God has like planted his word in my heart and in my life. And then he goes on to say the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. That's huge. The Word of God. You don't go anywhere without it, really. Like, don't. It has the power to save your soul. Not just the written, revealed Word of God, but the very Son of God. The living Word of God. Jesus Himself. The living Word is so so very much to us. So very much to us. And 2019 is here. And the question is, what are you going to hold on to going forward? What are you going to bring with you into the new year? And let me urge you to bring these two things, a heart cry of prayer and the very living word of God as you begin to, as you begin to go into the year. And there's a few more things we're going to bring in. But as you go, my question is, are you going with Jesus? Are you moving with him? Is he the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you surrendered completely to Him? That's the first step. The treasures of God are amazing and awesome, but unless the Holy Spirit is alive and working in you, they're just there. The Holy Spirit will activate them in a way that no one else can. And we need to surrender and come clean with God and let Him have all of us as we go into this new year. And so let me ask you, as, as Julie comes... Would you just bow your heads with me and, and let's just think for a minute as we begin to wrap this up. Just take a minute, and just just you and God, just just spend a moment with Him in prayer, just getting right with Him. Maybe asking Him whatever question is on your heart or your mind. Maybe asking Him to reveal to you a treasure that that you haven't heard of before, you haven't seen that was mentioned today that that you need to focus on or, or redirect toward Him. Maybe just embrace Him as the living Word of God, the breath of God that wants to fill you and live in you and dwell among you. Now's the time for us to cry out to God in prayer. Now's the time for us to say, God, take this word that we just heard and and help me to, to let it come to life in me and through me. God, we surrender to you. We surrender to you, Father, today. We need you. Wherever you have planted us in the world, among whatever people group we're among, God, you you want to use us. You want to use us in a mighty way in the world to impact others who don't know you, who've never discovered how good you are and what a good, good father you are and how gracious you are, that you're not a God looking to beat on us, but you're the God who wants to love us as you have from the very beginning when you created us in your image. Father, help us to surrender to you now. We love you so much. We give you thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.